yeah, it, it does feel like the two options here are Alabama wins easily, or this is a game that goes down to the fourth quarter and is decided in in, in the fourth. And that might sound like a cop out to some of you, but like I, the the whole Alabama keeping you at arm's length kind of thing, I just I don't know, or back and forth game, you know, that gets pulled away. Like I I, I don't know, I, I don't know it as much as those are the two kind of paths that are laid out in my head. Going back to that New Mexico State game, uh, and I hope he doesn't mind that if I say this. Um, I was having a conversation earlier this week with our buddy Nathan King uh, over at Auburn Undercover, um, and he was saying it's funny because the percent chance of New Mexico State going out and doing what they did to Auburn last Saturday is much lower than a percentage chance of Auburn winning this game on Saturday. Like realistically in your mind, Auburn knocking off Alabama in the iron bowl, or at least repeating the Georgia game and playing it really, really competitively and going four quarter down to the wire game. That is much more. Um, that is much more likely. I think uh, in, in all of our heads than what happened last week, where not, not just the fact that New Mexico state won, New Mexico State won and was the better team for all 60 minutes, and the scoreboard went out and proved it. And that's one of those things where it's like, we're, we're what, 11, 12 weeks into, into college football season right now? And how many examples can we pull back and say, yes, this happened, but also this happened? And it's like, that kind of goes to the point where it's like every week has an ecosystem of its own. Every game takes on a life of its own. Great example here. UCF. UCF Oklahoma State's one of the most bizarre things in the world because South Alabama thumped Oklahoma State at the beginning of the year. Then Oklahoma State was the hottest team in the Big 12. And then UCF blew them out of the water. And then UCF turned around and, and got stomped. Like it's this back and forth kind of thing going on. Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma, right? Like there's a lot of crazy. Like imagine if Arkansas had pulled off one of the upsets in one of those close games. They, I mean, they beat Florida. But like remember, Arkansas played Alabama LSU really well. Alabama, Alabama really well. LSU, Ole Miss, I think all played one possession games, final score right. against Arkansas, a team that then brought Auburn into their building and got deep fried. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's there, yeah. there are, there, I mean, Oklahoma State's a great example because the thought of a team getting blown out by South Alabama and beating Oklahoma, the only team that's beaten Texas this year, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem to add up if you think about, uh, it, it, you know these these rosters. It's not a math problem, right? Like it's it's something. Sure, yeah. it's something else. And well, uh, it, yeah. let's go. Let, let's go back to the point that a lot of people have made. Josh Dub uh, has pointed this out. Um, wait, there's a there's a a part in the mailbag on Friday that mentions this as well. Keep in mind, Auburn had one of their best against the spread performances ever against Arkansas, and then one of their worst against the spread performances ever against New Mexico State a week later. And it's one of those things where it's like. If teams can go, can go wildly from awesome one week to terrible the next week, it stands to reason that it can be flipped back. And is awesome going to be enough to beat Alabama? I, I don't know. I know it is what's going it's going to take for Auburn to be in this game pretty competitively. Um, and again, a lot of this may sound, depending on where you sit on the optimism pessimism scale as an Auburn fan, a lot of this may sound like, oh well, you're just trying to sell something here and hope and all that, and like. 
sure, like, yes, it, it's more entertaining if we sit and talk for the next hour about this Iron Bowl and, and talk about it as if Auburn has a chance rather than they get blunt. They, I think all three of us are in agreement right here. We've all said it at some point in this podcast so far. We all three think there is a realistic possibility that Auburn gets flattened on Saturday and that the hangover or just just pl- flat, just getting worked by by Alabama is a possibility. But the other possibility is the team that had played better football over the past month of the season, particularly on defense. I want to, the defense is where I think the key is in this one. That team could show back up on Saturday. The team that gave Georgia the best game of the season could show back up on Saturday, and it could be enough to win. But this is gut check time. I mean, we can talk matchups and stats, and we can talk a lot of the a lot of the analytical side of this game. And I, obviously, everyone who listens to this podcast, subscribes to the Observer, knows I love to do all that stuff. But I think there's just a very like what I wrote about on Tuesday, and what I what I come back to in this game is especially at the line of scrimmage, this is a what-are-you-made-of game if you're Auburn, right? These guys got embarrassed last week, and these guys are going to have to play some of the best football of their lives to beat Alabama to have a chance to keep this crowd in it all the way to the very end. What are you made of? What are you made of? New Mexico State flat-out embarrassed you. Alabama would love the chance to do the exact same thing to you. And the history of the Iron Bowl and the history of the Iron Bowl in Jordan-Hare Stadium specifically, the ethos of this rivalry, what makes, from the Auburn perspective, is that at different times during their histories, Auburn has looked across the field to Alabama and their dynasties, Bear Bryant, Nick Saban, the great runs, the championships, all the all the tradition and the, and, and the success they've had over the years, is Auburn looking across the field to Alabama and saying, we're not scared of you, we're ready to fight. We're ready to come at you know, come at you with everything that we've got. This crew's got to do that, and it's a lot of guys who have never played in this game. It's a lot of guys who are transfers and newcomers and all that. They're gonna learn really quickly, and it's a especially at the line of scrimmage. It's a lot of new faces, a lot of Iron Bowl first timers in this game. You got to prove what you're made of because if you come out flat and you come out uninspired, or if you do not play a clean game. You could get run out of the build, run out of your old building, and then all this whole season that you had and the progress you made over this past month, whether or not you think it's that big of a deal because of the teams that you play, but the progress this this team has made could fade out and go all by the wayside, and people could could spend the next few months thinking about man how badly it kind of crumbled at the end. So that's my whole thing about this game: line of scrimmage football, baby, old school Pat Dye. Tommy Tupperville, Gus Malzahn even. What are you made of? What are you made of the line of scrimmage? Do you have what it takes to really fight with Alabama? I think about some of the analysis we did before the Arkansas game, and it's it's very different, obviously, but if you can't stop Arkansas when they're trying to run the football, you know, you have you have little chance if your defense isn't isn't built to stop a team. We saw that uh when Arkansas was was able to go for about two hundred yards against uh against Florida with with KJ and Rocket Sanders. I think it's a similar deal with Alabama where if if Auburn's defense can't stop Alabama's run game uh early and often, you know, I, I think it's going to be, you know, it's got the potential to be a, a game where you're just where, where you're just overmatched. I know Alabama hasn't been an overpowering uh running team 
this no. year. Although, although that's how that's a big way they controlled uh, the LSU game. Aside from what they did on defense, specifically with through Milrow, right? Especially through Milrow. I want to talk about a different position group. We, we get back to the line of scrimmage, of course. Uh, amid all the stats you can look to for the New Mexico State game, I was stunned uh, by the lack of production at wide receiver. Even with yeah. what we'd seen all yeah. year, Auburn. I think the receivers as a group, if you don't count tight ends and running backs, receivers as a group against New Mexico State finished with about ninety uh, receiving yards, and I think sixty something of them came after Auburn was down fourteen in the fourth quarter. The the so, throws to Caleb Burton, I know. The, well, the thirty yarder to, to Var and VAR yeah. ha- happens on that on that drive with Auburn down 24 to 10. I mean there's I mean you go three and a half quarters of a competitive game against a group of five team and you're talking about 25 yards receiving 30 as a as a group uh in the first three and a half quarters of that football game. I know there were a lot of rushing you know, attempts by Peyton Thorne. Some of that could be uh play calling. Some of it's not play calling. Right, like some, some of it's, nobody's uh, open or they're not protecting. Yeah, some some of those catches by the running backs and tight ends were happening because Auburn couldn't go downfield, and so, I mean, if, if you you can't you can't have that against Alabama, or your running backs and quarterbacks will have no room trying to run the football. Like you 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 got to be able to win some matchups, receiver against against defensive back. And let's go back to the three-game winning streak for Auburn. Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. What do all three of those games have in common? Auburn got out on a hot start on offense and threw the ball, threw the ball in those games, setting it up. Obviously, in Vanderbilt, they had the runs, the big runs from um, Jarquez Hunter, but they threw the ball downfield, and they stretched the field. They got explosive plays to happen. It's tougher to do that against Alabama. That Alabama secondary is very good. That Alabama defense is very good from front to back. Shocking, right? We have said that every single year uh, that we've played this game. Uh, you know, when when it when when it comes to breaking down the iron ball. So for Auburn, you're right. Dan's like, what is that crew made of? Because that that group's got a lot, a lot that can change about them next year. You've got Auburn trying to sign Perry Thompson, Malcolm Simmons, and Bryce Kane in this class. They're trying to flip Cam Coleman. They're trying to flip Ryan Williams, who could potentially reclassify. They're probably going to be active in the transfer market for guys that can make plays. Like, But some of those dudes are going to be back next year. This is an opportunity to kind of set the tone. And also, look at the guy who's throwing the ball to him. 